Hey, what's going on guys? DK. Back at you with another video here to bring the Thursday night football showdown state between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Cincinnati Bengals. Should be a barn burner, right? That's now three straight Thursday night football games that have been not the best teams, but hey, we have a million maker up top, so uh, I'll do my best to break it all down. But if you guys are new to the channel, welcome. My name is DK. I make daily videos as well as live stream for NBA and NFL sites on DraftKings. Guys, NBA is five days away preseason. I repeat, five days. Cannot wait for that. Only one game uh, preseason on Sunday for NBA, but then we got a full slate on Monday. So going to be a grind there. Uh, but so, so excited for that to be back. If you guys are unable to watch these YouTube videos, I also upload on Apple Podcasts. Link down below, it's called the DK DFS Show. I apologize, my first look video I uploaded um, last night, or technically this morning, uh, I had the background of the Monday night um, slate, so I had to delete it. Uh, you know, I wanted to, on Sunday, I wanted to get out my first look video, so I stayed up to like 3, 4 a.m. and like scheduled it to, to upload early. And then I wake up the next day and it's like, nope. So I had to delete it. But if you guys want to go listen to that, again, that's an Apple podcast, the first look video. I'll go over my lineup from the, the main slate week three uh, here in a sec, just for those who weren't able to see it. Um, if you guys are interested in signing up for premium content, I'll fit on patreon.com. Link down below. Uh, again, NFL package cover all the show and slates as well as the main slate. And I do want to thank the sponsor of the show, Prize Picks. So if you guys are not familiar with prize picks, I was just checking out some NBA futures. Um, there are two different ways you can play. Uh, the first way is single stat. We can take over under on like passing yards, rushing yards, receiving yards, receptions, all that good stuff. Or we can go over to fantasy score right now. That's down for some reason. I think prize picks is having some issues. Um, but basically, you know, like you can just take like Joe Mixon, for example, would be at like 20. So you either take the over or under on Joe Mixon fantasy points at 20. Uh, pretty simple. You can also mix and match sports. They have every single sport that you can think of. So if you guys want to try it out and sign up, use my code DKDFS. DKDFS, all one word, link down below. You get a 100% match up to $100. And finally, I want to thank you guys again for your continued support uh, coming in and watching these videos every single day, hitting the like button, coming and watching in all the live streams. I really do appreciate each and every one of you. If you could hit that like button, let's try to aim for 100. Subscribe to this channel if you haven't already and hit the notification bell so you know when I upload videos and go live. Uh, as always, again, I'll be doing a live stream on Thursday to do a general Q&A going over everything, answer any questions you guys have. Okay, so uh, before we get into the, the Thursday night breakdown, let's quickly, first let's go over my lineup quick from the main slate on Sunday for those who weren't able to see it. So uh, Sunday went pretty well for me. Went with a Charger stack, Herbert, Eckler, Keenan Allen. Brought it back with CEH and McCall Hardman. Again, I was told uh, Clyde Edwards-Solaire was dead. I was told he was toast, right? Looked pretty good when he was out there today, or on Sunday. Um, I used Ridley, was fine. Um, and then Kyle Pitts continues to be let down. I'll probably continue to play him. Again, get the clown clown uh, paint on my face and then Cooper Cup obviously he's just been phenomenal this year so that was my main slate lineup on Sunday and then for the showdown slate got in the cash uh, it was a weird one right that was a weird game you had a lot of the chalk bus we'll go over I want to talk about some ownership really quick in the luxury box we'll go over uh, the winning lineup there but yes yeah, so my lineup was Jalen Hurts and the captain that's how I was kind of hammering home on Patreon I really wanted to get him in the captain with his rushing upside didn't look great the first half but obviously you know uh, garbage time very much helped him uh, so Hertz and captain with Prescott, C.D. Lamb uh, was actually the best spend up wide receiver of like the main spend ups, right? Being like C.D. Lamb, Mark Cooper, Devontae Smith. 
CV Land was technically the best. Uh, I used Rager, Jarwin, and Earth. So I left $1,100 on the table. The lineup I was messing with originally had Devontae Smith over Rager, and that used all the salary. But I was my thinking was, that's going to be a little bit too popular. right? I always try to get unique in tournaments. What I did was I went from Devontae Smith to Jalen Rager. Probably, you know, suboptimal, right? Devontae Smith, more often than not, is, is going to outscore Jalen Rager. But not tonight, right? Rager outscored Devontae Smith, and I had that edge to the field. Rager was a lot lower owned. And, uh, yeah, Jarwin was, you know, not great. Uh, Dalton Schultz catching both touchdowns is a little bit tilting. But Zach Ertz, on the other hand, did get in. He was a uh, much better point per dollar than Dallas Goddard. So that's it for the look back, guys, on my slate. Again, it was a weird one. But let's quickly now go over the luxury boxing. And this is a $2,000 entry. So this is the winning lineup. Hertz and the captain with Prescott Zeke, who's only 20% owned. Devontae Smith was actually the chalk in this. He was higher owned than Cooper and Lamb. I thought that was interesting. Cedric Wilson and Zachary. So let's just quickly go over some ownership. A couple things I want to point out. So again, the one thing that kind of surprised me is Devontae Smith was more popular than Lamb and Amari Cooper in the, in the super high stakes. Again, this is a $2,000 entry. And that the two cheap tight end, I'm not, I wasn't surprised about this because it's just, you know, when Ertz and, and Goddard are going to play the same amount and Ertz is like $4,000 cheaper, obviously he's going to get way more ownership in the high stakes. So Zach Ertz, 41% in the super high stakes and Dallas Goddard basically unowned at 5%. And same situation with the, with the Dallas guys. Blake Jarwin, 33%. Dalton Schultz, 4%. So in the super high stakes stuff, ownership condenses on the good plays, right? Ertz and... Um, Jarwin just made more sense point per dollar. Now, obviously, Schultz had the better game than Jarwin, but Ertz better than Goddard. It doesn't matter about that. I'm just saying point per dollar, when they were basically playing about the same and, and cheaper, they made more sense. So they got way more ownership in the high stakes. And I got like Tony Pollard, who I was completely off of video live stream. I was like, Tony Pollard is very overpriced, was 10% in this. I think in like the middle of he was about 25%. So I always like going over ownership and super high stakes because again, ownership will condense on the good plays. I recommend you guys check that out. And if you're curious how to do this, you just go to DraftKings, view live contests when it's going on, and then you can you know click on the luxury box and check out ownership. So maybe I'll keep posting this if you guys like this, go over ownership and high stakes. But those are the couple things that I found interesting was the two cheap tight ends, ownership condensed on them, and then Devontae Smith was uh, more popular than Lamb and uh, Amari Cooper. I thought, again, that was very, very interesting. Okay, so let's talk about this one now, Jags and Bengals. The 45 and a half over under, and the Bengals are currently seven and a half point favorites. So starting off on the Jacksonville side, Trevor Lawrence at 10.4K. You know, the Bengals actually have been pretty solid defensively, so um, I think he's the riskier of the two quarterbacks. Um, you know, he's been turnover prone to three, two, two uh, picks the first three games. What is that? Um, seven turnovers through three games, interceptions, not great. So I'm not saying to fade Trevor Lawrence. I still think he's a safe option, but I do think he's a little bit riskier than a guy like Joe Burrow. I like the matchup a little bit better on that side of the ball. Oh, let's uh, let's go over some snap counts. So um, this is for, for, for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. So um, let's start with running back. So running back, Carlos Hyde played 34% of the snaps. Darray Ogunbowale played a couple. And James Robinson played 60% of the snaps. At the tight end position, so again, O'Shaughnessy got injured last week. Uh, so Hollister played actually a majority of the snaps. He played 68%. Chris Manhurts, 37%. They also picked up Dan Arnold. We'll see if he's going to play in the game on Thursday. And then a wide receiver, no real surprise here. Chark, 87% of the snaps. 
LaVisca Chenault out of the slot, 65%, and Marvin Jones Jr., 97% of the snaps. So, yeah, back to Robinson at 9-4. He finally had a good week uh, last week, 15 carries, 88 yards, six catches on six targets. I think he is um, fine contrarian spin up. Don't know if I'm going to you know, prioritize him in an optimal build. But he's still a guy that is involved in the pass game, right? Six, three, and six targets for the first three games. Not bad. Um, he's about out-snapping out Carlos Hyder now two to one. Um, so Robinson, definitely the safest running back to target. But we'll get to Carlos Hyde's price. He's uh, you know cheap enough where he's viable. At wide receiver, so Marvin Jones Jr. at 8.6K. Uh, DJ Chark at 7-2, LaVisca Chenault at 6.6. So we'll start off with that MJJ, Marvin Jones Jr., getting a ton of targets. Basically right now averaging about 10 targets a game. The positive with the Jags wide receivers are almost every single game they're going to be playing from behind. So going to be good game trip for these guys. Lawrence is going to have to air it out. Um, you know, MJJ has been their most consistent receiver. So I think he's probably the safest option. DJ Chark at 7.2K. He's a guy that does have a good amount of upside. Um, you know, we haven't really seen a breakout game yet from DJ Chark, but I would say of the three wide receivers, he's probably the guy that can go get like 30 fancy points. So I think he has the most upside. And you'll risk Chenault playing the least amount of snaps, but he's going to play a lot in the slot, get those short targets. Um, so he did only have four targets last. I'm not super concerned about that. Expect it to be in like kind of the eight to 10 range for, for Chenault. So um, yeah, going to run the short routes. Uh, safer option out of the slot. So that's kind of my take on the three receivers there for Jacksonville. Again, O'Shaughnessy is on the IR, so um, tight end is, is going to be a question mark here for Jacksonville. So Hollister played a majority of the game last game. He played like 60-plus percent of the snaps, had two catches on six targets. But if Dan Arnold's not available, then Jacob Hollister is going to be the main pass-catching tight end for the Jags. The Jags are most likely to be playing from behind in this one. I think Hollister would be a good value. But if Arnold is available... Then that just throws a wrench into things, right? Obviously, these stats from Dan Arnold are from Carolina. Um, is he going to be available in a short week? I don't know. So this will be a situation we'll have to monitor, right? If Dan, if Dan Arnold is not is inactive, then I think Hollister is a really solid value. If Dan Arnold's, Arnold's going to play, hopefully we get some clarity on playing time, but then it would kind of be a mess, and we wouldn't really know what the Jags are going to do unless they clarify uh, before the game. Lambeau, 3-6. Fine. Probably prefer the Bengals kicker, though, just more confident in their uh, offense. The Jags DL pass on again. You need to pick six. Uh, you actually got two defensive touchdowns in the show and say tonight, um, which was kind of crazy. So if you played the defenses in the show and say tonight, congrats. Manhurst is, is a blocking tight end. Uh, he has two targets through three weeks. Not super interested there. So I, I mentioned to Carlos Hyde. Yeah, he's only 1 8. I'm not a Carlos Hyde fan. I think he's very much washed at this point in his career. But. That doesn't matter, right? He's still playing snaps for, for the Jags. If you go back and look and see how many snaps he played last game. So Carlos Hyde, 34% of snaps. At only 1.8K, he doesn't need a lot to pay off the salary. Four targets through three weeks, not terrible. Um, so he is definitely a punt play that is viable. You're not going to feel great about it. And then, yeah, I already talked about Hollister, mount of the situation there with tight end. Everything else is basically dart throw. Um, Agnew played a couple snaps. He is a good punt returner. Obviously, he returned that uh, missed field goal last game. Tyrone Johnson only played two snaps. Treadwell got moved to the, to the um, practice squad. So, yeah, not much. Uh, Dorsett, 
How many snaps did he play? Only a few. I think he was fourth, though. He played 10% of the snaps, which is technically fourth for wide receiver. But, again, it's just a large field dart throw type play. I'm right, moving on to Cincinnati Bengals. So let's go over these snap counts here for the Bengals. At running back last week, Joe Mixon played a majority of the snaps, 74%. Uh, Perrine played uh, 21%. Chris Evans, 11%. At tight end, so CJ Uzoma played 70%. Drew Sample, 45%. At wide receiver, uh, Jamar Chase, 83%. Tyler Boyd, 79%. The interesting thing here is Arden Tate actually got the boost without no T. Higgins. He played 57% as opposed to Mike Thomas, the better Michael Thomas played only 21% of the snaps. So uh, we'll get to that in that pricing, but I think there's possibly some value here for the Bengals, depending uh, obviously on the T Higgins uh, status. So we'll start with Joe Burrow, 11-6. I think he's the safer quarterback to target in this slate, like the matchup a little bit better. Um, you know, Burrow actually hasn't been throwing the ball a ton. They were playing from lead though, obviously for Pittsburgh, so he only threw the ball 18 times. Again, I think he's slightly safer than Lawrence, not saying he's the better play than Lawrence. I just think he is a safer option. Joe Mixon, 11K, I think is one of the safest options also on the board. Playing a majority of the game, involved in the passing game. Good matchup here. Should be good game script. I think Mixon looks very, very safe. You are going to pay premium, but again, very, very safe option. Now, uh, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, the two healthy wide receivers. Talk about these two guys first. So Chase at 10-2. Don't mind him. My issue here is he's a very lucky with touchdown variance, right? meaning he's had four touchdowns through three games. I'm not sure he's going to average over a touchdown every single game. So what that did, it, it bumped his price way up to 10.2K. Whereas, you know, a guy like Tyler Boyd playing similar snaps is only 7.4K. So sure, Boyd has only gotten the end zone once, but he's $3,000 cheaper. Both are going to play the same amount. Not saying Chase is out of play. I just do think uh, he is going to be a little bit over-owned. People are going to chase those touchdowns. Um, touchdown, like, for example, tonight, right? The slate would have been a lot different if that bomb to CeeDee Lamb, if he didn't get tackled at the one-yard line and then Zeke pounded it in, right? Would have changed the entire slate. So touchdown variance is something I don't try to predict. But, um, yeah, Boyd uh, probably looks a little bit better point per hour than Chase. Obviously, Chase still in play. He's still a talented rookie wide receiver. And then T. Higgins is the big news here. Listed as a non-participant in Monday's practice. So my guess is that's not good news in a short week. So we'll get to a couple cheap wide receivers here for the Bengals. But I don't think he plays. If, surprisingly, he is given the, the go-ahead, then obviously he's in play. Um, we'll just have to worry about him aggravating that shoulder injury. My guess is they hold him out in a short week, but again, monitor that as we go into Thursday. Defense, the Bengals are viable at 5-6. I don't love the price point, but the Jags, you know, have been very turnover, turnover prone, definitely one of the worst offenses in the league. So the, the Bengals are viable. The one thing I'll say, again, is on the show on slates, whenever you have like a bad offense, the opposing defense seems to go a little bit over-owned. So like if the Bengals are going to be like 35 to 40% in GPPs, I just don't want any interest, right? If they're going to be lower owned, then they make more sense. CJ Uzoma, 4K, playable, you know, what? Five targets or three games is not great, but he is their number one tight end. So yeah, he's fine. McPherson, I feel a little bit better about him because I'm a little more confident with the Bengals offense. So Chris Evans only put a couple snaps, um, did have... Uh, two catches on two targets. I mean, or no, sorry, that was that was the previous game. So 
Um, sorry, Chris Evans played 11% snaps. So, what, five total snaps? Again, like, he is a good pass catching running back. I know him from Michigan, but, like, he's just not playing a ton of snaps. So, just a large field tournament play. Uh, Perrine at $800, not getting a ton of work either. So, again, just a large field dart throw. Um, Mixon is going to get a majority of the touches. But where I want to um, bring up some potential value here for the Bengals is the, the third wide receiver. So, if T. Higgins is out, Auden Tate played about 60% of the snaps. Now, he only had one catch and one target, but factor in the price, right? He's $400. You need like one, maybe two catches for him to pay off his salary. And if T. Higgins is out, he's going to play over half the game, definitely viable. And then Mike Thomas um, didn't play as much, played 27% of the snaps, but he would still be viable too at $600. And that's really it. Um, like... If you want to go a large field dart throw and juice sample, he's the backup tight end. Doesn't have a catch so far. Doesn't have a target so far this year. So hard to feel super confident about that. But yeah, guys, that's going to wrap it up. So if you have been enjoying the content, would really appreciate it. If you could hit that like button, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and hit the notification bell so you don't upload videos and go live. Again, I'll be live on Thursday, so make sure to check out the live stream, guys. Thanks again. Have a great day, and I'll see you all on Thursday in the live stream.